Uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, this is the podcast Who Am I? Our website is whoamipodcast.com, where you can see all of our past episodes. Um, today's topic will be on differentiating thoughts, emotions, and sensations, and why that is important and healthy to be able to do. And we will talk about our own experiences with that and and wh why we think um, it would be a good exercise for everyone to to learn to do. Yep. Um, this is something that I was recommended to do uh, several years ago when uh, a therapist noticed that I was mixing, I was diluting, just being confused about the differences between thoughts, emotions, and sensations. I went along with it. I didn't really know what the purpose of the exercise was. Um, it's interesting how I'm still working on that. I think I keep discovering more about how my thoughts, emotions, and body work. And, and so the exercise isn't finished. Uh, I just kind of started <laughs> it a few years ago. It's a lifelong process. It's a lifelong process. Yeah. Um, I think life would be boring if if I just totally understood myself. Um, but I don't need to totally understand myself to have um, to feel like I know myself and I can love yeah. myself and I can just engage in things without being certain about this particular question. And I can also start to help others without having the full picture for myself on this yeah. podcast we we try to help others or inspire others by sharing our own experiences and sometimes just our own thoughts and theories yeah um but the, the beautiful thing is you don't have to be a master and expert at these things like you know we don't have any qualifications as such in these things we just the, the university of life um where yeah you can just share experiences and knowledge and understanding and question things as we go it's being able to teach and help people and um understand ourselves um that is enough to just be able to talk about it and chat about it and, and like, yeah you don't have to we don't have to master these things because technically we probably never never fully will maybe we will hopefully the hope is we will you know completely centered and um fully aware and um be able to like uh evolve to that sort of state i guess but we don't need to ultimately we don't need to we just need to have a little bit of awareness and it starts with that self-awareness and we're all at different stages we're, we're on we're on this meta level right now not even getting into the topic but but i enjoy it i, I want to go a, a step further um you you reminded me of something when you said um when you put your hands together and, yeah. and and acted like an Indian guru, and yep. uh, and talking about uh, full awareness or higher awareness than you know people on average. Uh, that seems to be such a mystical, exotic thing, but the more I learn about it, uh, the more I feel how realistic and achievable it is, yeah. um, because apparently there are people who. And they're, and they're not that that distant from us. Like I I'm, I follow someone online, uh, someone from Austria, that is like a guru. I think yeah. he's very wise. 
um, without even being older. I, I think he's a couple of years younger than me, but I guess he, he had certain experiences that, that gave him insights, probably painful experiences. And yeah. um, he says, or other people say about him, that he, he goes through life with an awareness that you have about yourself and others when you're in deep meditation. But he he's fully awake with open eyes, you know, busy, and has this kind of uh, perspective and calmness. And and another um, another guy, um, Silva, I forgot his first name, but the, there's this the Silva method that that he came up with in the in the fifties and sixties. And I'm reading his book right now called Mind Control. And it's not about controlling other people's minds, but your own. Um, and I like how he uses a, a very scientific approach to explain what's going on rather than this Eastern mystical. He just says, yeah. he just says, um, I am a, I'm an electric engineer. And so I, I have to do with waves and frequencies all the time. And that was my approach to understanding the brain better. And so you can use an electroencephalogram EEG to measure the electric uh, frequency of the brain, some electric wave going on in the brain. I don't know much about it. And in regular awareness, we're, I don't remember the exact numbers, but we're at one stage of, of brain activity in, in meditation and in sleep, we're at another one. And then you can go even deeper if you yeah. exercise it a lot. Um, and by doing meditation, I have been able to calm down my brain, be not as susceptible to just impulses and spontaneous emotions like fear and anger, and been able to be more objective um, and just observant about yeah. about what's going on. There seems to be a amount of time. I don't, know, I don't know what that is in the brain where you go from having an impulse to a conscious mm. uh, control of it. So, you know, you have your impulse to, let's say someone calls you a name or offends you or whatever, and the impulse is to, let's say, in some people to shout back and be angry. And so you have that split second in your brain to go, to go no, that's not how I am going to choose to respond. But that training that to be like that with all different kinds of emotions and sensations and thoughts is, is difficult. Again, it's a natural process. I think that we just go through, you know, you can accelerate it through meditation and stuff, but I think, um, yeah, it's, it's a slow process. If it's, it's a slow process if you just let it happen. And again, I think it takes people a lifetime and some people don't even achieve it. But if like us, we're trying to consciously accelerate that um, right. learning, we don't want to wait until we're old. No, uh, and we uh, want to be set, centered and grounded now. Again, those terms are very interesting to me. Centered and grounded. That seems to be words that is used a lot okay. when talking about, um, I guess, awareness and harmony and serenity of oneself and one's being. Um, yeah, I could see. I could see centered coming from the idea that you can go too much one way or you can go too much the other way. Yeah. like being too introverted or being too extroverted and you want a healthy middle yeah um, and there, there are all these there are tons of like psychological tests and indicators that i've seen that 
that look that way like are you are you this way are you yeah, that way yeah 10 and, points and down the extreme... side and then yeah yeah I, I like um how you mentioned that instinctual impulsive reaction that we do that we make uh to stimuli from from the outside and it's it sounds like like animalistic the way you described it right and we want <laughs> yeah. to we want to have more insight into what it is uh maybe why it's there because yeah. it, it can often be there from uh, childhood trauma yeah trauma is a massive one that affects yeah our behavior and and we would like to change it like like i don't know remove it replace it and a lot of people call this part of us programming yeah uh, or, or the program in our brain and that we can reprogram our brain yeah which have a lot to, to me that always sounded spooky like ah i don't yeah. it's it's like it's like someone messing with my head or yeah. i i am generally afraid of hypnosis for that reason as well i yeah. don't trust anyone enough to have that much influence maybe that just shows you and the audience how naive i am and how little i know about hypnosis because i have heard reports that you are in control and yeah. the only thing that the person doing the the method with you can, can they can only suggest things they they cannot control you the way that hollywood movies sometimes say <laughs> yeah they can so maybe it's not as scary as, as i make it out to be but i am working with self-hypnosis uh which just means meditating and analyzing and making changes where possible yeah. or available have you any experience with that um yeah I, I i stay clear of hypnosis as well like i have a in a fear of not saying what the other person will do to me or could do or what power they'd have over me uh, that that is a concern but more so that what would come out of me what um, stuff i would say or do <laughs> the beast within <laughs> uh, yeah like um i'm sure it'd be fine but like who knows what's running around in our subconscious that we probably may not be ready for to play with um do you um, ever find yourself twitching like like this um when you have a thought that's uncomfortable no i have a overstressed central nervous system so i twitch for other reasons but okay. um uh no like i can see why that would happen yeah i, I do that would, and yeah, i've learned that it's that because happens. something it's something is coming close yeah. to the surface and i am not ready for it yeah. uh, at least I, a part of me believes that i'm not ready for it because and by that, I mean, it, it would be too painful or it would yeah, mean that I die. You know, that's, that's yeah. a fear I often have for things. And so one way of counteracting that is to, well, first of all, calm down, you know, become more objective and then tell myself that uh, I believe I am ready now. Like that yeah. fear that you have might be from childhood when you may not have been mature and emotionally strong enough to uh to take this amount of pain uh but now i am yeah and then that might make me more um ready to uh, uh the, the thought might come out or or it might not i i yeah. that's something i cannot control uh i could just invite it you know i can just make myself ready for it yeah we um we do tend to suppress a lot and therefore it's it's hard to know when it's okay to experience something like mm. i'll go into this this week i probably it's a bit personal but um last week and a half 
there's just been stuff going on that I have had to understand or try to understand what emotions I have and then shut them off mm-hmm. because it's required me to function um, and still do what I need to do without having an o- emotional sensation overload. Um, and at some point, I will hopefully um, lower the barriers and have an emotional response to what's been going on and, you know, have a cry or have a think about things or fear and anxiety and then process those and get through all that. Um, but, like, it's pretty, it's, it always kind of freaks people out that I can do that, that I can just cut, decouple. Um, <laughs> I never used to, but yeah, I went for a few experiences years back that allowed me to learn how to do that. And it's dangerous. Like if I slip into the to the non-empathetic side, then yeah, like I have to pull myself back to the emotional again, center it, not be at an extreme, but just center oh, it. Is that because you're tempted to just stay cut off of permanently? Yeah, because it, yeah, yeah, it's it's safer, it's easier in many in some ways. But right. the danger is that if I go too far to the extreme, I then lose my empathy and then my depression takes control um, and blah, blah. I won't go into the two details, but yeah, I can go down that route. Um, it's quite interesting. Okay. But I've learned that through the extremes. So I've been through the extremes to understand it and then over practice of just being like, okay, this is a overwhelming experience for me. I need to I don't know, be there for people or um, just carry on my daily tasks. Let's put those emotions to the side and then process them when I have the chance, whether it's in bed at night, later, like yeah. resting or whatever. Um, and I find it kind of fun. I, I like being able to do it. Um, it's something that... The cutting off or the, the rest, resting and uh, All of it. The cutting off, like being able to be able to control again. Uh-huh. I'm obsessed with self control, and like, in, in, in control is the wrong word, but self processing um, and self, uh, like, I don't know, whatever the word is. Because um, often I would get overwhelmed emotionally. Like, again, trying to understand, like, going back to what we're talking about, again, how sensations, thoughts, and emotions affect us. Because if they overwhelm us, we can't function. And therefore, you know, we have to be able to find out what they are, first of all. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about is like, how do you figure out what an emotion is? <laughs> like, okay, so like the difference between fear, anger, confusion, um, being upset, sadness, like they can all just mix up and get yeah. yeah and again the same with like um happiness joy bliss um it's interesting i can describe more sad emotions than i can have emotions <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's worrying <laughs> <laughs> before we go into a, a list of different emotions um that i've prepared a, a graphic for I wanted to say I can identify with a lot of what you were saying. Um, I used to cut myself off emotionally from others or from the situation that I couldn't bear as well uh, without knowing about it. So I was totally unaware of it. Yeah. I I remember my boss telling me later 
when these things became more serious and prevented me from being able to work that whenever we got together to talk in her office about work um the first few seconds for her were, were just trying to figure out which mood i'm in and she said yeah. that there were two different versions of me one just um emotionally connected and like available to to connect with others and in a good mood generally and the other just just um low tones no emotions and i wasn't aware of that at all yeah um in self-preservation mode yeah exactly it, it's to protect yourself from whatever is overwhelming you right now yeah so that's why i don't i don't blame you i don't blame myself uh yeah even though you might think it's terrible for for others then or this is the first i've heard that it can be dangerous uh, yeah because for me i always come out of it in some way yeah. or another usually in a painful way <laughs> do you want me to go into detail the, the, the i can i don't mind it's going into detail of why it becomes dangerous for me because it's yes. quite interesting it's quite interesting sure. yeah um so with my emotions with my empathy and with my depression the thing that the most thing that keeps me grounded if i get to the too extreme of when i'm depressed and have um struggles again i guess uh, trigger warning um for anyone that struggles with depression uh, feel free to pause or stop if you're not in the right frame of mind um for me it is again if i get to the suicidal stage then that usually occurs well, what stops me from doing anything sorry is that there's still a bit of empathy left there's still that like how would my mum feel how would others feel um it's always grounded me and it not in a guilt way not in a like oh don't do this i mean to be fair if it keeps me alive then fair enough but um it's just a, a mechanism that i've used to keep me going um but when i'm in that robot mode which i call it or that detached mode or self-preservation mode the emotion's gone so therefore i can't empathize i can't think about an emotion there's no emotional attachment anymore emotional attachment to people is gone so i can't go um i wonder how like i'll stop myself because they it will hurt them i no longer care or can care if i am depressed and suicidal i've no i no longer care if um if how it affects other people yeah that, for me again that's the that's the extreme version extreme extreme version that i have to be careful to bring myself away from um it's fa again it fascinates me it's really, really interesting but again and it was horrible going through the experiences it was again this is stuff that actually did happen and went through and put my family through hell put friends through hell but coming out the other side of it i again i had to learn to refine my emotions and connect with those again and then learn how to have a robot mode that is also emotional still or can it sounds contradictory but yeah um be able to do that so that i can be efficient and self-preservation but also that i can still empathize um to a degree and keep myself from going to that extreme i i used to be too rational as in not emotional uh enough and i now had to learn th through painful situations how important emotions can be just um one of them being you need it to be motivated to do anything otherwise you'll just lie in bed all day there's a, a linguistics professor who um 
talked about this topic uh, and it wasn't it wasn't mainly about language it was more about neurology but they're closely connected he said um in in our western view we value people like in the workplace uh, for example we value people that are very rational who are who use logic to make decisions and so is it ideal if we were all like mr spock <laughs> uh, to to use an extreme example and he said yeah. no no actually emotions are necessary to be logical as well um yeah. they they all interact and in ways that i don't fully know about yet but yeah. but that just made a lot of sense to me yeah i guess yeah, emotions are part of the the algorithm to be logical i guess um because I guess a purely logical decisions are dangerous, can be dangerous. Yeah. So there has to be some level of emotion involved in that algorithm. Otherwise, we we would just we would be like mentality of like would well, to be fair, we'd would be okay with things like eugenics, we'd be okay with things like <laughs> animal, animal testing, we'd be okay with things like um yeah, just torturing people for information and all that kind of stuff yeah um we would be okay with it because it would be logical and so actually having that emotion will stops us from doing um again causing pain again it's about pain um on others because that is um it is yeah it's, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a very good point we we often hear philosoph philosophical arguments like uh what is the greater good or yeah or when when politicians make decisions, they use finances to, yeah. or or um, or just lust for revenge to, to make big decisions on our behalf. And I think no, it's, it's not it's, what I want you to do. Yeah, maybe, maybe I enjoy the Asimov novels about um, interactions between humans and uh, robots so much because they go into exactly these questions: how how do you need to design a robot so that um they improve life in general for for humans and live to, with them in harmony and you know the in asimov's books there are three laws of robotics which are very basic which makes sense when you hear them but when you go into everyday life into detail you see how they are still problematic and it's yeah. really interesting to see um but i think now i should yep show the image that i have uh my parents uh put me onto this they went to a workshop on um emergency preparedness yeah and, and i thought it was going to be all about um food storage uh i don't know tools that you can use in an emergency just survival yeah. things and, and it was in part but a big part was also emotional preparedness mm, you know how, how do you how do you handle yourself and, and deal with others in a crisis because as you know a lot of us panic and lose control and do stupid things or yeah. do whatever someone in authority tells them to do which is also dangerous sometimes it has its place but it can be dangerous oh and, yeah and so this is one of the handouts they got uh just to give you just make you aware of what is an emotion because like you said they can be very mixed 
it can be very difficult to put them into words and to tell someone else what you're going through. But even just telling yourself what you're going through can be super helpful um, so that you are more in control of yourself. Um, so the pictures help a bit. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I actually like it a lot. It's very, very good. And this isn't a perfect science. A lot of these of course, emotions yeah. overlap, like angry and enraged. Yeah. Um, might just be a difference in intensity. I don't know. It, it, and different people have different uh, interpretations for these, of course. Yes. Like ecstatic and excited. Calm and content. Like, yeah, there's a lot of them that can pair up. But it's normal that there are Use several the words for the same or the similar or a similar thing. Yes. Yeah. And that's a good list at the bottom as well. Emotional self-regulation, identify your emotions. Yeah. Identify your emotions, accept yeah. your emotions, focus your thoughts, act, and then share with others. Discuss. I guess it's uh, like, again, the speed at which we could do these things is always, I guess, what we're aiming for, to go from the uh, active to the automatic. I can't remember what it is, but like, to be able to, if you're put in a situation that, again, like you say, that is a stressful one emotionally, and there's risk involved if you don't act in the most effective way, like, again, if like you panic uh, or you just comply to someone else's way of doing things, that can yeah. be very dangerous. Let, let's go into that automatic part of us again. Um, yeah. It is something in us. Uh, I think in part we're born with it and in part like oh, yeah. i said it comes from childhood experiences um what is its purpose before we do anything about it just from what, what we have uh in us already what is it good for survival right we we like to say uh the lizard brain helps yeah. us to uh escape a uh, saber-toothed tiger yep and it can definitely do that, even parts of us, I mean, body parts, uh, not involving the brain can do yeah, that. They just kick into yeah, overdrive or whatever, or shut down and not, yeah, like. And now let's talk about the, the, the learned automatic parts, the things that we pick up in childhood. I, I read that um, children are very good at suppressing uh, feelings and, and signals from their body when it's uh when it would overwhelm them and so they learn to do that in a situation that seems dangerous to them like if a parent shouts at them yeah or if they have a strong need for something and no one listens to them they might uh learn to cry or to shout about their needs very loudly and then you you just integrate that you don't know what happened it, it just happens you don't even know that it happened until yeah. 20 years later it, it pops up the, yeah the pathways are built very quickly mm -hmm. so if you experience this thing over and over or even just a short time as a child it's just going to solidify that behavior straight away whereas as adults it takes a long time to like learn things and um yeah. And to that's unlearn why it takes, things. And to, that's, like, literally, I was about to say, that's to deprogram, to unlearn those behaviors that, yeah, were so quickly 
established and so strongly connected as children. Because, um, yeah, we experienced a lot of stuff very quickly as a kid. And especially in our societies over the last, like, I don't know, 50 to 100 years, there's a lot more chaos, a lot more variation, a lot more interaction in, in our Western societies than if you go back 300 years where sometimes all you do is spend your whole life on a farm, uh, go to the other village every so often for market, and that would be, yeah. that would be a lot. That's the extent um, of how far you would travel. Yeah. Yeah. So your emotional experiences and interactions would would be, would be the same because you're still interacting with people, but they'd be less heightened as ours are. And again, that's why we live in a society of anxiety and panic <laughs> and fear, because again, we're overstimulated by the constant changes, the constant um, new philosophies and new ideas, and um, yeah, it. Yeah, like even again, even just in this country, go back 30 years and, you know, it was fine to smack your child. Like it wasn't an issue. It was like, you know what, that's fine. You know, if your child's misbehaving, give a pat on the bum, whatever, or on the hand. And that teaches them that that was wrong. But now we, we understand that, again, that's not a healthy emotional uh, response to be doing. I heard there are countries, I can think of one in Africa, where it's still yeah. normal and accepted to smack your wife yeah and that you're not just, if you don't do it then you're not being manly oh it's just horrible it's so disgusting i know i shouldn't judge but it's just like it just that's again that's pain establishing that's there's so much better ways to do it like so so there is definitely a, an advantage to things. being exposed to so many ideas and philosophies you know because then yes. you can pick out the the good ones for yourself yeah And what else was on that list? Yeah, uh, I, I'm kind of having a stupor again. Um, it's all right. No, I just, I just wanted to see what was on that list again because um, there was two sides of the list um, that we showed. Like, uh, was there a structure to that? There's the one, uh, and then how to help people experiencing emotional oh, stress. Okay. Yeah, curious. on the left side is how to help yourself. Yeah. And on the right side, how to help others, which is obviously something very different. Yes. Because you don't, you cannot fully understand what they're going through. And so if you tell them what to do, yeah. then you're you're wrong automatically. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's interesting. Again, this is what I it really that really that philosophy that well, that ideology really bugged me for a long time. And I couldn't figure out why. And I eventually did figure it out. But like so there was a period of time, I don't know, five, ten years ago, going through different therapies and talking to a lot of people. And they were like, Oh, you can never fully understand someone. And so don't say, you know, I understand. And in my mm. head, I'm like, I'm like, in my head, it just felt wrong. There was something internally, whenever someone said that, it just didn't feel right in my, in my being. And it took a while to be like, to figure it out. And actually, mm. no, maybe we can't understand the specific circumstances, but we don't need to. That's not what's important. What is important is the emotional connection. Mm. Again, we all experience happiness, confusion, panic, anxiousness, anger, like all this stuff that's on the, the um, spectrum of emotions. And so you can say, like, oh, you're, you're feeling rage or you're feeling disappointment. You know what? I understand that. Mm -hmm. And that connects people. That stops people from feeling alone because it's very dangerous. Even though it, it empowers people short term to, be, to feel like um, no one understands. Because it, it feels unique to us. It feels like, oh, okay, 
there's something that goes on inside us that that for some reason makes us feel good. It, not good, that's the wrong word, but makes us justified if we're alone in this experience. Mm-hmm. For some reason, we 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 for some reason there's part of us that wants to feel that that feels like oh it's unique to to us. And in a way, yes, it is unique because we're we're experiencing it. But then the danger is that that cuts you off from connection. That cuts you off from and that makes you alone. And then that just ex- exasperates bad mental health. Um, so again, the way that I figured it out was actually again making sure people know that they are emotionally connected to us. All right, that's, that's a good uh, differentiation. And it it says here, fortunately, it doesn't say show understanding or be yeah, understanding. Show, show compassion. Yeah. Show compassion. And the yeah. the compassion is is a Latin word that if, if you take it apart, co is with and passion is suffering. Yeah. So if you if you suffer with someone, yep. you know, and that's I've I'm not good at this, but I've noticed a difference when I, uh, you know, when, when someone is telling me about a negative experience they're having, and and I say um, I don't say, oh I've I've been through something similar I know exactly what it's like, but <laughs> rather but rather I say, oh I that must be difficult. Yes. Or, yeah. you know, I, I don't know the perfect yeah. words. Keep, but... keep keeping it about them and not about ourselves. Like, yeah. Yeah. But then again, again, having it's again, it's complex. And like I say, in pretty much every episode, the specificity, yeah. the specifics of the situation is very important because actually, some people don't need compassion. Some people, if, if you were showing them the emotional response to a situation, that would actually hurt them more. Some people just need a look, you got this, mm-hmm. suck it up and get on with it. You know, it's 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 they. You have to be very sensitive to what that people need, that person's needs, because doing that to someone that doesn't need that is very dangerous. Right. Um, but yeah, you need to be able to understand. You do need to understand the person's behavioral norms to be able to help them help themselves in the most specific way. Um, in in the book, um, men are from Mars and and women from Venus. Yeah. It says that. Um, sometimes the the other person just needs you to listen. Yep. And, and sometimes they want advice, and yeah. and that's kind of what what you were going into there. And yeah. it's it can be difficult to tell. Oh, but, it's very difficult. And, and ideally, difficult. the person with the need tells you explicitly what they need. Yeah. Well, you ask again. That's, that's 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 the lesson that I've learned. Is you ask. Yeah. I say to people like, "Do you want me to listen? Yeah. Or do you want me to?" tell you some hard truths um or do you want distraction do you want like do you want 10 minutes of chatting because again if you talk too much about something most people it leads them to get self-involved get a victim mentality and lose themselves in um being the victim and so it's very again it's so complex and so difficult to find the middle ground the center of these emotional responses because I've had many friends go into anxiety spir- anxiety spirals mm. because they've talked about things too much mm. and shared their emotions too much. And it's, yeah, it's a difficult middle ground that requires all that we talk about. Again, knowing ourselves will help us know people. Yes. And, you know, that's kind of our journey, isn't it? It's um, knowing these emotional um, emotions in ourselves um we'll just have automatically have a benefit effect 
Um, but what's yeah. the difference between a thought and an emotion? Yeah, here <laughs> the we actual go. topic. Yeah. Um, so I, I've noticed just in, in the language of different countries that I like to say, I think that is warm today. Yeah. And someone else might say, I feel like it's warm today, like especially Americans. Yeah. And I can totally understand that that's a, a sensation. Yep. Well, there's there's another um, ambiguity. Feel can be used for emotions and for sensations. Yeah. Um, that's that's even in, it, that's also in my language. Uh, so even though I'm I'm slightly different from Americans, um, there there's still tons of ambiguity. But I always notice how Americans. Well, let's just say the the American streamers on Twitch that I follow, they yeah. say like my age. They say a lot. I feel like I could have beaten that level, or I feel like I could have done that better. And I think that's not a feeling. And why do you keep saying I feel? <laughs> if I were in your situation, I would say I think that I could have done that do better. That. Yeah. And I I don't know the the answer. I well, first of all, it's a cultural thing. They just yeah. say it's I I've even read about this. I I feel that, or I feel like something goes back a long way uh at oh, least yeah. de decades in, in american english um when when someone judges something to be the case in american english you can say i felt that this was the case and it just means in my opinion or in my perspective or in my estimation this was the case i i often have to translate that for me because it confuses me and yeah. kind of irritates me as well <laughs> yeah um because well i'm not sure why exactly well it's just blurry it's just it's so blurry it's chaotic like like language is meant to clarify things but when we when we interchange because i use think and feel interchangeably all the time like uh you know and it's and i i do and i am aware of it to a degree and again also intrigued by it because again like they're two very different things that are used in the same context you say language is there to clarify things. I think it can be just the opposite sometimes. We want to be precise in what we say. Yep. So we might use something as vague as possible to increase the chance of being correct. Yeah. Okay. I've noticed yeah. I've noticed that about like as well. Yes. And when whenever uh, someone talks about a measure of something, um, you know, something quantitative, they will say. I I had like five uh, balls of ice cream. Yeah, and I'm thinking you can count. Like you should be able to <laughs> you should be able to know the difference between four, five, and six. <laughs> yeah, say, say exactly the number yeah, of ice cream yeah. balls you had. But and then there are situations where it's it's impossible to be exact. For yeah. example, the, the the inflation rate this month was eight point six percent. Yeah. And and when someone says was like eight point six percent, I can understand that. But I I yeah. wouldn't. I would prefer him to say roundabout or approximately. But okay, like is the common word nowadays. Yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons that like is has crept into the English language a lot uh, recently. Because we don't like being wrong, so we therefore put us. And when you say case. I I feel this yeah. is the case, then you are saying. I don't know if it's really the case. It's just a feeling I have, yeah. and therefore I don't need to be exact. It's a, my feelings are my feelings, whether they represent the reality 
Yeah, is we, it, manip- is it another we, again, we manipulate language to protect ourselves. Yeah. So that's some of the linguistic perspective on, on that question. I love that. No, I love that. That's good. But what, why should we care about differentiating, at, at least for ourselves? What, what is the difference about thinking and feeling and, and sensory feeling? Because how we respond to them, I guess, and how we use them, maybe. Don't know, actually. Right. Yeah. Because if you want to understand yourself better, then you, you should know which part of you are you using right now or which part yeah. does what and how do they work together? Um, a thought is, I don't know, something rational. It, it's a, a, a claim or a proposition yeah. about what is going on. And a feeling is, I would say, more of a reaction. Yeah. Uh, and this is where opinions can differ because, um, including men and women, uh, because some people just view the world in a different way than me yeah. right i'm I'm a very so intellectual uh person that way yeah. but but you might be more um uh like i have i associate a feeling with a certain event or person yeah, some people like say emotion again we, we talk about chemicals in the brain causing mm-hmm. emotion and whatever else some people say like emotion like a spiritual thing is part of the soul and like there's different ways to define what it actually is um well maybe because if it's all just chemical if it's all just chemical then yeah it opens up a whole different can of worms no i've i've had uh, questions about that as well um remember how i said at the beginning of the episode uh we we think of um spiritual matters uh, sometimes in a mystical way yes in an eastern way and sometimes in a scientific way a western way and both have their validity you know sometimes i I it seems to me that you you take away the legitimacy of of some spiritual thing by discovering what the brain is doing physically. Yeah. But yeah. still it's super important um I mean both have their value and should not take away from the other bingo yeah. Um so when you just said that a feeling can have a chemical component and a spiritual component yeah they're both true yep and there might also be more going on um well again they're true in the sense that that's what we believe somebody else will be like like um completely disagree with that statement and be like no it's only chemical it's just your just chemicals and someone be like oh no it's all just spiritual and just like the chemicals are like just a, a vessel for the emotional spiritual experience yes things like that yeah I, so, I know i know someone who, who says everything is about energy um i, I, I do that a lot i say that as well that, and I, i'm still t- struggling to figure out what that means i yeah. i want to because it's it sounds real and, and legitimate to me yeah and i'm still so stuck in the in the world of thoughts and feelings but he says that a feeling is something that happens to you yep and he goes further than most of us would and says a thought is something that happens to you Whereas I typically would have said thoughts are something I control, you know, yeah. as in free will, and feelings are something that that show my reaction. So they're the passive part. And it's it's wrong. The, the more I think about it, the more I meditate on it, the more I realize how automatic thoughts are as well. 
And uh, it, that's a huge question for me because, uh, you know, if I think back, there lots of episodes on this podcast where I talk about free will and, you know, ask the, the person I'm interviewing their view. And it's super important to me and my um, definition of my existence. I, I cannot imagine having no free will. Yeah. And I sometimes feel my life is threatened when it does seem to be the case that I have no free will. So, yeah. It's, <laughs> but I don't have it, the answer yet. It, again, it, leads, it can lead to an identity crisis quite quite quickly um, in those situations. And uh, um, what's the right phrase? A trial of faith or trial of whatever the right word is. Um, what are the right phrases? And like, again, the external emotional thought just happening automatically, wherever it comes from, is again, as I had as, as much as in the past, I've had these statements, it's us, it's us to up to us how to respond. Mm -hmm. Whatever external source is causing an emotion or again internal, but we don't know the layers of our existence enough to know what's going on all around us and whatever. Um it's all meta. Ooh. But um whatever the case we're learning how to respond to it and learning how to deal with, again, the emotion, deal with the thought, uh, do the sensation in a way that is healthy for us as an individual. Right, here's an idea on that. Um, because here, here's, here we're getting into territory where I'm not experienced and I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, the, the programming we have inside of us is, the bridge between the, the stimulus and, and our response, right? And you say it would be nice for us to have more control over yeah. that, what happens in that gap. Well, it's so fast that I don't know if we could reason <laughs> our, our way through that gap. But what we can do is change the programming. Yeah. And then for Thank the God. future, we yeah. will have a program in place of how to deal with that. I think that that is one way to make that progress. makes sense. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 yeah, that's what yeah, that's my belief so, and thought on that situation. To, to give you an example, I want to uh, be less reactive. I want to not turn to anger as quickly or at all, ideally. Um, yeah, and so I do that. I to get there, I. I um, remember situations where I do get angry and the the impulse that triggered me. And then I try to figure out from there, what is my belief about myself and the world that was violated in that moment? And is it a belief? And once I hopefully get that, make that uh, like extracted from my subconscious into my consciousness, I can then think about it rationally and deliberately and decide for myself whether I want to keep it or not. Now, this decision doesn't mean that it will change from what it was to what I want it to be overnight. It's, gonna, <laughs> it's a process, it takes right? takes years. Yeah, it can, it, it can take years. Yeah. Some people like to use repetition in order to reinforce that. Yep. I, am, I don't like that so much, but, yeah. <laughs> but it is also um, 
a basic thing about the brain, right? Yeah. If if you want to implement a new uh, thought pattern, then it's like walking through tall grass. There is a path that has been trodden many times before, and therefore the grass is low there or gone. But but now you want to create a new path that that is contrary to it, and so you have to keep walking through the tall grass over yeah. and over until it becomes small yeah. or, or talked dark. about it before again i use i use exposure therapy quite a lot just anything that i feel like i I can't handle i find a healthy safe way to, to expose myself to it um and experience right. it um within my limitations as, as long as that limitation is pushing as long as that limitation is making me experience it um and then i get accustomed to it over time and then i push it a bit more and then i push it a bit more and it's 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 difficult because again quantifying how much i can handle is mm. is difficult and so there might be a relapse it might be a okay back to square one but then i'll get to that point a lot quicker because i've been training mm -hmm. um myself kind of thing um again that's just the way again there's lots of different ways signposting you know there's loads of things out there that are ways to help with healthy um i guess emotional and thought um reaction how to react in a way that's healthy and not impulsive and instinctive because again the initial emotions initial thoughts can be impulsive they cannot even even the thoughts because again like they're all combined like when you have a thought it's it often triggers the emotions response um and when you have an emotion i guess they also leads to lots of different thoughts so yeah it's very complex very complex it helps to talk about it uh your progress with others who can at least a bit a little bit understand what you're going through because yeah. then they're able to tell you five years later look how far you've come yes yeah, <laughs> because often we have a negative filter and don't see yeah. the progress that is a, a really good really good point um the reward system is so important mm. like we we tend to just oh we're not doing well enough and we should be here we didn't get here when we wanted to or we're still struggling and it's been so long and and one a change in perspective of time is really important of long yeah mm -hmm. we get we can be brutal with ourselves because we haven't got there quick enough or whatever but there's no time scale with this it's just you know it's all in our own time two again we're critical on ourselves so having like you say having someone to just be like okay relativeness here like you have gone from here to here that's amazing you know it's you may think someone else has got there faster or doesn't have to deal with it or whatever but that doesn't matter the fact that we as an individual have come as far as we have like again us two in the last decade we have gone through insane levels of um, improvement and self-awareness and and again it's not necessarily quantifiable in a nice mm -hmm. easy scale but it's like we can see in each other because we've known each other for this like length of time and it's important again as you say to share with others people that we trust so that we can actually get that um positive confirmation um, another way to deal with a deficient rewarding system is to redefine the goal uh, and, and what is valuable to yourself uh, you might feel like you're not achieving anything because you have such goals as uh, getting a promotion or getting recognized from a certain person or from a certain amount of people uh like likes on on social media oh yes good times yeah um 
and then and that that's normal that's we we want we we want these positive signals uh, they they feel good but they're not uh as you as you get older you, you realize that they're not sustainable and they become and addictive yeah 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 they have a lot of negative uh sides to them so what would you say uh as, as we finish this episode um what are some things you you do strive for how how has your goal shifted in the past years oh interesting question like again yeah just the more i realize that life is about connection and community like um again we're drilled to have this achieve house achieve marriage achieve whatever that are all things that actually don't lead to happiness they can they don't they don't necessarily lead to happiness we're taught that they that that's what's going to make you happy have a well a well esteemed job and um a happy family but actually at the end of the day happiness comes from inside and that's what we're trying to get to with these podcasts with our experiences is that um the change from those focus to this focus of just actually finding peace and happiness in the now again it's such a cliche statement at the moment but it's so true and just now am i happy with what i have do i feel like i'm lucky for what i have and if you don't it just it requires time energy of going through again the thoughts the emotions and realizing that our emotions can be our best friend and not our enemy same with our thoughts yeah and and for me i would summarize my goal as uh freedom now like like i've probably mentioned before freedom can it has a as a negative and a positive definition to it i want to be free of pain and and other negative things and i i can do that by learning more about myself by learning where do these negative emotions come from uh what thoughts lead to them and the positive uh, definition would be um i want to explore i want to learn you know someone described me as a as a sponge soaking up yeah. all the all the knowledge and that knowledge is not just rational it it can be knowledge through experience as well I, that's something i'm tending more towards now because being only rational means you end up in a in a house built up just by ideas without ever testing whether they're just theory or or actuality yeah and so yeah freedom is is what i'm going for 